0: Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I've spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Ryan Gaffordson. you are the founder of- author and expert of success mindsets found on the web at ryangofferson.com. And also we have a second guest today, Chris McKinney. You are the founder and CEO of 10X Leadership Consulting found on the web at 10, the number 10, xlc.consulting. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, this is great. It's great to be with both of you.
0: Yeah, it's, it's good to see you both, and uh, I'm excited about this conversation. Um, I kind of want to give a little background before we dive into this, that we're going to try something new today. Um, I've worked with both of you in previous roles, really enjoyed my experience with you, stayed in touch with you. Um, Ryan, you were on my podcast uh, number 18 and Chris and I ran into each other a couple months ago and he said, I really like that work. Do you know that I'm actually living what he's talking about in my workplace? And I said, oh, that sounds cool. So we started talking and um, the three of us connected and we decided we could jump on here and and just kind of record a conversation talking about the research and the findings that Um, That Ryan has found and how Chris you're living it in in the government world and even beyond. And uh, I thought it'd be great to just kind of apply real life to all this incredible research um, behind success mindsets and vertical development and everything else that you're doing. So um, I thought it'd be kind of fun for those that aren't familiar with success mindsets, vertical development, all that fantastic stuff, uh, Ryan, can you give us just a high-level overview or or go as deep as you want? Because I know you've got an incredible framework, and I just want to listen to what that is as we kind of set the tone.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think it'll be fun to hear Chris's journey, and so hopefully I'll I'll set up, uh, set the ball on the tee, and he can knock it out of the park, but um one of the things that I've learned is that there's two ways in which we can develop or improve ourselves. Uh, And, and these two ways are called horizontal development and vertical development. So horizontal development is adding new knowledge and skills. And this is like adding an app onto an iPad, right? When we gain new knowledge and skills that broadens our functionality. And this is 95% or more of all of the development that is done. you think about a high school class, a college class, this is all horizontal development. And this is a good form of development, but it does have some limitations, right? If I add an app onto an iPad, that doesn't necessarily improve how effectively that iPad operates. It could just do more. But in fact, if I add an app, it may even slow the iPad down but if we want to improve how effectively that iPad operates as a whole, we've got to upgrade its own internal operating system. And and that's what vertical development is all about for us is upgrading our own internal operating system so that we can better navigate and more effectively navigate change, pressure, uncertainty, and complexity. And, And I think that this form of development is what really everybody wants but nobody knows much about it. And so uh, hence uh, why I, I do the work that I do. And so one of the best ways for us to vertically develop is to focus on our mindsets. So our mindsets are the mental lenses that we wear that shape how we view the world and how we view the world affects everything that we do. It shapes how we think, how we learn and how we behave. And so this form of vertical development is, is usually new to people, but it's starting with mindsets as opposed to knowledge and skills, which usually means deepening our self-awareness so that the, we could then elevate to become a more positive influence in the world around us. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it, I think there is a shift in this leadership that we see today. The folks that are really excelling um, are able to go deeper. And you know they always taught us to use, leadership starts with yourself first but not everybody gets that and so what you're talking about is we got to go deep with ourselves before we can even begin to outreach and be able to help and impact and influence others in a in a positive way. So I feel like it it makes sense. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Did you have any other thoughts, Brian?
2: Well no, well it's just to your point is and here's maybe another way to think about it is most people are focused on what they do. And
1: mm-hmm. that's good.
2: I think we're but the layer deeper is what we see. So for example, do we see risk as something to avoid or do we see risk as a necessary step to make the impact that we want to make? right So that's that's where we get at the mindset level. but there's even a level that's deeper than that, which is getting to this deepening of our self-awareness, which is why and how do I see what I see? Right? To me what this is really powerful because, if we have one person that sees risk as something to avoid and another see, person sees risk as a necessary step uh, to creating their dreams, there's probably something that has gone on in their past that has influenced the mental lenses that they have. And so just the deeper we could go in terms of our self-awareness, I think uh, at least what I've learned is the deeper we go inward, the higher we can go in terms of our vertical development and being this, uh, the positive influence that we all want to be.
0: Okay, you got me thinking of all kinds of relationships, but before I chase <laughs> that rabbit and and wonder, okay, what kind of re- what kind of experiences do they have to bring to the table because they have a different opinion? Um, I'm dying to know from Chris, you know, you've talked about this, we've had tons of conversations about just leadership yeah. and mindset and and growth. And you've worked in within numerous government agencies. And so I want to thank you for your service. I know you're in the military and keeping us safe. So thank you for doing that. And I, I really would love for you to be able to share an example of when you first saw success mindsets, this type of work, um, maybe at work or within some of this government work that you've done, maybe you didn't even realize this is what's going on. But do you remember or, or can you share an example of when you first saw that and what would that what that look like?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I thank you again for the opportunity to be here, Katie. I appreciate all you do here in our local community. Um, uh, You do a lot, you and your family, to make us better. So I just want to say publicly, I appreciate all that you all do to take care of our community. Thank you. Um, It's probably back in 2008. I was still in the military. um, So I served for 30 years. And I retired in 2017, so I'm not going to do public math, but I've been in the military for a while, and I had horizontally developed up until that point, and I was really good at what I did. And I could lead okay to kind of what Ryan was talking about, but I had not yet engaged in vertical development, and uh, I made a pretty bad decision. And if I remember correctly, my wife probably tried to caution me not to make the decision that I made, but I made it anyway, because I was in my emotions, because I hadn't vertically developed. And it led to having a one-way conversation with uh, somebody in my chain of command. And that's never good, to have a one-way conversation. And it was at that point is when the light bulb came on. And it was at that point is when I, I didn't know it was vertical development, But that's when I started vertically developing because I knew I had to go to the next level because I put myself in a a not so fun situation, which also put my family in a not so fun situation. And then it kind of put a stain on uh, the career I worked so hard to develop over those past years, serving from basically 18 to that point. I think I was about 38 or so. So at that point, I made the shift to start. Vertically developing, although I did not know that's what it was called.
0: So what was, what was that first step? Was it just awareness or what What did it, it feel was. like? Or what does it look like?
1: It was absolutely awareness. So I had the conversation. And, and so he didn't yell. He didn't cuss. He made me think. And I went home that night and I started evaluating. It, it was that internal reflection Ryan referred to. That was the starting, like, oh, there's a gap. There's another gap oh there's another gap and so now what am i going to do now that i have this information and it was at that point i started engaging with other leaders around me mentors to start down this path right because you can't get there by yourself if you don't know where you're going and so i had some key folks in my life help me to start walk down that walking down that path
0: what are those i mean where where do you find these people are these these are folks that were working with you within the military or these were outside or is one of them your spouse? Um, It's scary to think how much they know of us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. So I I would have to admit my spouse was one of those people. She, she did it from a very um, gentle from the side, not a very forceful way, forceful way. And I also had somebody from my church and from the military. So I was fortunate to have a lot of sharp people around me. And I just hadn't tapped into them prior to this experience. And after having this one-way conversation and doing some deep reflection, I started tapping into my resources. And so there was a lot of sharp people that were vertically developed. And they started sharing insight. And they started challenging me. So, but Chris, well, why do you think about it that way? Why don't you think about it maybe this way? And they would put like a half-degree turn on what I was thinking. And it made me go back and do more deep reflection.
2: Well, one of the things that I guess I'm curious, Chris, as you're saying all of this, is do you mind like maybe stepping into the comment that you made about almost being driven by your emotions in that moment?
1: Yes. Yes. So I was in my emotions. I didn't like what was happening to me so i wasn't thinking rationally i was just responding and my response was not an appropriate response to get to my intended outcome Mm -hmm. my my my, my emotions led me to a response that subverted my intended outcome and because i wasn't thinking rationally and processing um i really almost jacked up my career Mm -hmm. well
2: it's this is reminding me of a conversation that I had recently with the CEO. I was coaching him. And um, one of the questions that I asked him was, why did you start your business? And his business has now grown to it's a thousand employees and, and he was the one who started it. And he said, his answer was to why he started his business was to prove others wrong. <sighs> and I found that just such an intriguing answer because it, I think it says something about the space that he's coming from in terms of his leadership. And I also think it's, it's actually tapping into his, his, um, his body's emotions. Even, I would even call it his body's nervous system. And one of the things that later came out in that same coaching call, and he was great because he was willing to be vulnerable, but he said, I try to not let anyone know this, but deep down, I'm a very insecure person. And one of the things that I've discovered for myself in my own journey is it's really easy for me to try to cover up and hide my fears and insecurities. But even though I'm trying to cover them up, they're revealing themselves in a wide variety of ways, in the very ways I don't want them to come to the surface, right? And that's my outward manifestation of of my leadership. And so one of the things that I've learned is, is we as we engage in the vertical development process is we oftentimes, to use your story, Chris, is we, we need partners in the process because it's easier for them to see that connection to our fears and insecurities than it is for ourselves. And they could also help facilitate, and to me, this is the beautiful aspect about vertical development, is they could facilitate the healing that needs to occur on the inside, right? So for the CEO, it's healing from his insecurities it's improving in his self-worth that he doesn't need to prove others wrong to be somebody of value he's already of somebody of value until he realizes that he's never going to leave from a place of security to have the impact that he wants to have and so um so I appreciate you anyways diving into that and I don't know if you have any further comments about how even this may be a healing journey for you
1: It it absolutely is a healing journey. Um, And I'll I'll be brief because Katie, I I want you to make sure you get to your questions. Um, When I transitioned from the military into my local government role, I, I was the CEO of a four county agency. And there was this one incident. And fortunately, thank God I had another, somebody in my team to help me. I had an executive coach. And so we were talking, but somebody was really, really disrespectful to me. And I was like, Oh no, you didn't. And I was ready to, you know, like, breathe fire and go down and just cause destruction. Fortunately, I had a coaching session. And we talked it through. And he's like, well, what's that going to get you? Right? A lot of the questions you're talking about, like, is that your intended outcome? But in that coaching session, we did get the healing. He was like, Chris, what you just said, why do you got to prove anything to anybody? Hmm. And I had to sit with that. Right. And that was weighty. Right. Because you got to unpack stuff from your childhood and (laughs) way, way back. Right. To like, why do I have to prove something to somebody? Why am I just not good enough? And so that really helped me not to subvert that. And really, out of that, I became way more effective because I had the courage to send other people to deal with people instead of me having to go because they felt more comfortable with them. I was okay. that works for you. That works for me. Versus getting in my feelings and going, well, no, you got to deal with me because I'm the boss.
0: I think that's awesome. The the examples and a lot of the stuff just, it hits home <laughs> with some of my, you know, self-improvement and just trying, wanting to keep learning and realizing this along the way. And kind of wish they taught some of this a little bit earlier into school so we could <laughs> go ahead and get through this. Um, You know, Brian, I would love for you, I, we know each other through a corporate environment. And I would love for you to kind of talk about just, I just say success mindsets as a whole, but I know it means so much more than that. But can you talk about and comment on how it can be applied, not just to corporate, but to government, um, to nonprofits, um, even to just other communities that we interact with on a daily basis? Can you talk about how how that works together?
2: Yeah, well, and let me try to lay a little bit of foundation and, and then dive into uh, and answer that question. So let me give you uh Catherine, I'll give you, give you four desires. You tell me whether or not these feel like good or bad desires, and this will help help our audience kind of understand what we're getting at. So, um, so the four desires are a desire to look good, a desire to be right, a desire to avoid problems and a desire to get ahead. Does society say these are good or bad desires?
0: Oh, they're the best. They're all good.
2: Yeah. Well, they're easily justifiable, right? Because who likes to look bad, be wrong, have problems and get passed up? Well, nobody does. But so these are justifiable. But when we have them, where is our focus?
0: It's on winning.
2: It's on ourselves. Yeah. Right. It's on Mm -hmm. us. We want to advance. We want to get ahead. And and. As I said, that's justifiable. But when we have those desires, and these are actually fueled by more negative mindsets, they're called fixed, closed, prevention, and inward, um, we end up doing what is best for us, which is oftentimes detrimental to those around us. And one of the things that I've learned in my own journey is when I first started learning about these mindsets, I found that I had all four of these desires and they felt right to me. And I think one of the reasons why I didn't have better desires was because I didn't know that there was better desires to have, such as a desire to learn and grow, a desire to find truth and think optimally, a desire to reach goals, and a desire to lift others. And the thing about these desires is they're not easy to get to, but they're incredibly powerful, right? So if I want to learn and grow, that means I've gotta be okay failing at times. If I want to find truth and think optimally, that means I've got to be okay being wrong at times. If I want to reach goals, I've got to be okay uh, not making progress. Or Sorry, if I want to reach goals, then that means I'm going to have to wade through problems at times. And if I want to lift others, that means I'm going to have to put myself on the back burner at times. And the reality is, is those at times moments Are really difficult. That's where we talk about these emotions that are coming through. And so when I work with organizations and I work with for-profit, non-profit, government entities, is at the root of all decisions are desires. And we've just got to ask ourselves, are these the desires that are setting us up for long-term success, or are these the desires that are self-protective in the moment? And, And I think What I find is that the organizations who have a culture of self-protection, looking good, being right, avoiding problems and reaching goals, um, they are doing their best, but they're also stalling out. They're unwilling to try new things, to do things differently. They want to hold on to what's worked in the past. And what I've seen in Chris and and Katie, you could give your opinion on this. But what I found in the government sector in particular, one of the most the strongest negative mindsets that is there is a prevention mindset where we're more focused on avoiding problems than reaching goals. And and that just has it. It's well-intended, incredibly well-intended, but it also gets in our way of having the impact that we want to have.
0: Chris, you're nodding your head. I can't help but (laughs) Ask for you to share your thoughts if you're comfortable with it.
1: Oh man, you talked about, um, avoiding risk, right? That is the mindset versus reaching goals. So in the military, unfortunately, sometimes when you get into the workforce that's been there for a while, especially in one location, that's the mindset. And then in outside and local government, uh, many times, right? like you wonder, like why does the water department, all they gotta do is shift their hours by one hour and it's gonna make everything great for everybody. Like Why don't they shift their hours? But it's because of that mindset. And a lot of times it's very difficult, from my experience, to even have that conversation because they're defensive from the beginning of the conversation, regardless of how you try to approach it, because this is all I know to do anything different. is scary. I don't like it. I might fail. It's not broke. Don't fix it, Chris.
0: That kind of leads me into my question that I've got for you, Chris, which is, when we worked together, um, you had a very high functioning team, just great. And it was so admirable to get to see how you just really got them excited and energized them, and you got stuff done. and I loved it. I was like, man, I'm so glad he's here. This is fantastic. Wow. And so as I look at that, you know, can you give an example of of how this work applied to creating that team? because we've talked about it not on this podcast, but in other conversations. And so, you know, you talk about how you first saw it in 2017, and then you just started working on yourself and you you began to kind of dig deeper in this and focus on that intended outcome and not just the moment of success. Um, so I'd love for you to kind of share maybe a recent example of of how how that applied in your work with that incredible team. Yes,
1: yeah, so uh, prior to getting there, there was a lot of good people working there. And uh, they were doing good work, but it was a lot of horizontal development. There was very little vertical development. And I saw that and we couldn't go with the vision I had in my head. There was no way we could attain that. And so, you know, that led to some personnel shifts and new hires and but it also meant development. And so I know, Katie, you do coaching as well as Ryan. And so that's one of the first things I did. I said, okay, we're going to put money in our budget so I can you can get coaching because I need more than me talking to you. And I know you're going to go, wow, wow, wah, 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 Chris is just blah, 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 right? So I need somebody else in your ear to help you develop. And so we started ch- and then I w- challenging that thought process. And what I would do was we had a, a morning meeting every day during COVID. First hour of the day, it was mine. And we would talk about, well, why do you think about it like that? And I would have them get very, very uh, vulnerable. I mean, they would be naked, if you will, in front of their peers, and we would talk about was that the best decision? Why did you make that decision? What do you think drove that decision? Were you using emotional intelligence when you made that decision? Right? The self-awareness piece. You know, Ryan, you've been talking about that. And it was uncomfortable, but we did it. And then the coaches would come on the backside in their coaching sessions and will reinforce it, not even us talking, right? Just and whatever was transpiring, they were reinforced. A growth mindset and so they all started this vertical development and the perfect example is there's a young man he came from the private industry into the government and people are like chris why would you hire this guy he knows nothing about government work i was like exactly that's why i hired him and so was he a little rough on the edge in certain places he was but through the vertical development he grew his leadership Grew his ability to influence grew because he was a sponge. We read books together. He did the coaching. We would talk about the books. He and I would share articles back and forth. And I'm happy to say he just got hired to be the new executive director of the post that I held, right to take the agency to the next level. So I think that is a great example of somebody vertically developing and then being ready for an opportunity. Because had he not vertically developed, would he been ready? Maybe. Would they have selected him? Maybe. But I know without a shadow of a doubt, vertical development was key to him being selected.
0: Fantastic example. Ryan, I'm dying to know, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, it's one of the things that I've learned about vertically developed people is one of the things that they do is they create space. So um. Let me even phrase this uh, slightly differently, is I think that there's broadly three types of people out there. Of course, there's always, this is always an overgeneralization, <laughs> but there are good soldiers, there are progress makers, and there are value creators. And I feel like uh, almost what if I was to put words in Chris's mouth a little bit of what he described with his colleague is that maybe when they hired him, we had a, we had a progress maker, somebody who can move things along but not necessarily a value creator, but then through, you know, development and coaching and investing in that, creating the space for that. I think progress makers have a really hard time creating space for development because when you're developing, you're not doing and progress makers love to do. And so everything that Chris talked about is the shift from doing to being. And that's that shift from progress maker to value creators. Now we're, we're not focused on doing, that'll get done as we focus on the being. And to me, that's that's the beautiful aspect about vertical development is we start to see these shifts from good soldiers to progress makers to value creators.
0: What a great analogy of, of the work that Chris is sharing and the work that you're doing, uh, Brian, and I have to give you a compliment. I had you come in at a conference at a at the end of a of a marketing and sales conference a number of years ago. And you brought every speaker together at the end of your presentation, just like you did right there. Um, It's a gift that you have. I don't, I'm sure you're aware of it, but I just want to highlight it that you have a gift of being able to to get the language to capture and and just summarize and, and reiterate what what we're talking about. So I have that appreciation for you.
2: Thank you. That means a lot.
0: Yeah. I love that. And, um, I know, you know, just personally to be vulnerable and let you know that I'm trying to move from the doing to the being and it's, it's not a, an easy transition. So I'm, I'm trying to be humble and, and, uh, try to work through it myself. So I'm always open to tips.
2: (laughs) Well, yes. Welcome to the club. I, yes, it's, (laughs) it feels like a never ending battle. And I think that's, it will be that way. Right. I think vertical development is a lifelong journey and, and, uh, to, to know even know that we're on the path it seems like we're heading in the right direction
0: all right uh, Ryan you've had a few things that have happened in your world since we last spoke um, on the podcast do you mind kind of giving an update on what you're working on it sounds like some pretty cool stuff
2: Yeah, so it's introducing these concepts of vertical development into the world. And one of the primary ways that that I'm doing that is a book that's coming out. It's October 11th is is the launch date. The book is called The Elevated Leader, Level Up Your Leadership Through Vertical Development. And it's introducing what vertical development is. It's introducing these different levels, uh, good soldier, progress maker, value creator. And then it's how you go about elevating. Um, so I, it, it's, it's designed to be a deep introspective journey, um, that ultimately to me, the most meaningful message of the book is that if we want to elevate and have a more positive impact on our world, we've actually got to heal ourselves. And, and to me, that's a beautiful message and hopefully one that, that people can resonate with. So I'm excited for it to get out into the world.
0: I'm excited for you. I think it's gonna be fantastic. I enjoyed your last book and am looking forward to this one. so. Thank you for sharing that. And Chris, you've got a lot on your plate all the time. I loved getting to work with you and I love staying in touch with you because I, I just think you're got shots of inspiration all the time. Um, you've got a lot of good stuff going on. Do you mind sharing just a quick update? Because good gracious, you got a lot. <laughs> yeah, and congratulations for the work that you did that led this gentleman into this leadership position that I'm sure is just going to continue to grow and do wonderful things for selfishly our local community. So thank you for, um, <laughs> for doing that.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I just played a small role. This guy, he had phenomenal talent. I just created as Ryan said space for him to grow into what he could be. And he engaged in that process, but, but thank you. Uh, so, so for me, so I launched the consulting business, uh, folks know working with small businesses and uh, nonprofits, if you will, to, um, get better. Because what I know is a lot of times mom and pop businesses don't have time to figure out why it's not working well. So it's either strategy or it's your personnel or it's your policies. And that's kind of where my focus is to getting there to help mom and pop's businesses, small businesses, if you will, be more profitable. Because we all know small business is the engine of our co- country. And so the more small businesses we can have to be sustainable in the long term, the better our country is. Uh, so that's the one of the main things. And also I too have released a book, not just myself, me and a friend of mine, Henry Hayes. We released the book, uh, Triumph and Transitions. Uh, it's out right now. And the book basically summarizes, to summarize it is, if you are transitioning as a professional, so you're going from being a teacher and you want to transition to something else, or you're going from being in real estate and you want to go into the nonprofit world, or you're going from nonprofit into the corporate world, whatever it may be. Because what we know is sometimes we chase the money and not our passion. And then sometimes there's a call deep inside of us that makes us want to change. The book is designed to give you insights uh, from myself and my friend on how to transition successfully. Both of us came in the military as as E1s, and we retired as E9, which is the top 1% of the United States Air Force enlisted force. On top of that, we both served in the role of a command chief, and a command chief is basically the top 1% of the top 1%. So that was a successful transition for us to the military, but he went on to be a city manager up in Massachusetts, and I took over the role as Santee Lynch's as the CEO of the Ford county agency, which are positions not typically, typically held by veterans. And so we take a lot of the lessons learned in those transitions and put them in a book in very bite-sized um, portions so you can take it in. But also, if you happen to have a kid that's a freshman, uh, you want to put this book in their hands because it helps them to figure out how to be successful as a freshman. So by the time you're a senior, you probably got a better idea of where you want to go to college and what you want to go to college for. Or if you're a freshman in college, hopefully... Perfectly, you don't have to take the six-year plan. You know, you can take the four or five-year plan and get to your end goal by having a, a roadmap to guide you on how to be successful. So you can get it at Amazon or any other major uh, book outlet and it's out right now. So super excited about that and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share.
0: Congratulations, Chris. That's a lot of good stuff going on. Same thing with you, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, if folks want to learn more about you, what's the best way to get in touch?
2: Uh, Best place is the website, ryangoffertson.com. In fact, I've got a couple of assessments there. There's a a personal mindset assessment and also a new vertical development assessment so that we can gauge our altitude. So welcome anybody going there. Next best place is probably LinkedIn. So would you be happy to connect with anybody there?
0: Awesome. Chris, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: So three different ways. So like Ryan, the website is going to be 10xlc.consulting is the website, www, Uh, LinkedIn as well. So it's going to be Christopher H. McKinney Sr. on LinkedIn. And then on Facebook, it's going to be 10XLC. If you look for that, you'll find my Facebook page.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate you guys being here. Thank you. Ryan Gofferson, you are the founder, author, and expert of success mindsets found on the web at ryangofferson.com. Chris McKinney, you are the founder and CEO of 10X Leadership Consulting found on the web at the number 10 xlc.consulting. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. you. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherincanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherincanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.